Hi. Hello. I'm Evan. I'm Addie. And you are listening to the Speaking English Podcast, the place to be for anyone who wants to watch more movies or read more books, but doesn't quite know where to start. This is episode 147, and uh, today we're traveling to the 80s with uh, <laughs> Indie Sensation, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I would go that far. Jim Jarmusch's 1984 picture, Stranger Than Paradise, uh, we watched for today and we will talk about in just a second. But more on that in a bit. But before that, how has your week been? I've had a phenomenal week because I was in San Diego for most of it. Oh, so that's right. So Incredible. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, since we last spoke, I got to go to San Diego on my university's dime for the most part, um, for a conference. Cause I got like accepted to present a poster on a study that I did for the first time, which is something that you have to do, I guess, kind of consistently or I don't know, at least a handful of times when you're a grad student, it's like, it's just sort of a milestone, like a rite of passage type of thing, I guess. And people get really sick of it. And there's like a lot of older grad students that I know who like dread going to conferences. Mm. And I've always been kind of like, why? <laughs> so, yeah. so fun. <laughs> I want to travel around and hear about people's cool projects and stuff. That sounds awesome. And then I went and I think I understand that a little bit better <laughs> now. Um, this was my first encounter with like very pretentious people in the academic world um Mm. i'm realizing i just realized in this past week how like fortunate i am to be at a school where the faculty are just like super humble and collaborative and like really easy to work with and i haven't seen any of that like stereotype of like phd people at my own school but then when i went to this conference i like really came face to face with it and it was Uh. tough but it was also kind of entertaining to me. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I'm pretty good at not taking that type of thing to heart. Um, so for the most part, I I just had fun. I did my own thing. I went to a couple different beaches around and I went on long walks and explored the town, which is so beautiful. And I ate some like really good food and I collected some sand dollars. <laughs> I did nice. the things that one does when you live in a landlocked state and you get to go see the ocean. Um, so yeah, I had, I had a delightful time and my poster went really well. A couple of people came and took pictures of it, which was cool. Um, so yeah, I'm glad I got to go. Nice. Thanks. <laughs> How's your week? Sounds fun. It was really fun. What I, I'm like very curious now how <laughs> pretentious these pretentious people you're talking <laughs> about are. Like, yeah. I'm trying to like picture how exactly this goes down. I can't really. It's weird, down. especially because this was a conference for contemplative research. So like mindfulness practices and stuff. Yeah. That's what we, that's part of what we study in my lab. Um, and a, I don't know, a lot of people, I felt like their whole goal of the week was to just say like the wokest thing, <laughs> the most thought provoking curveball of a question and that was just so irritating to me so often their questions are just so irrelevant like Mm. i don't know or like already answered or like kind of heated like a lot of people kind of got angry unnecessarily at what was being said and like this is the contemplative society like these people are supposed to be like the best in the world at calming down (laughs) 
a lot of <laughs> so yeah that was surprising interesting cool though yeah, <laughs> sounds cool. like a, a fun time all things it, considered it, it really was um, I started my job this week kind of for real or like last week. Okay, nice. Um, going to schools and stuff. It was pretty crazy. There's there's some long days. <laughs> yeah, I believe um, it. But you got paid a lot for it. The longer yeah. the day, the more you get paid, you know? So True. Because um, on, on last Friday, I wasn't supposed to work the full day, but someone called in sick and I had to switch around and actually work the whole time. And I was like, man, bummer. Oh, this was Thursday, actually, because I didn't have to work on Friday. Mm. So at the end of it, I was like, all right, it's the end of the week anyway. So, yeah, that's nice. And I get paid more. But uh, And then I haven't worked yet this week um, because I was supposed to go to Albuquerque to go see the Lobos play, the UNM men's basketball team. Cool. Um, but I came down with illness sort of this weekend and uh, decided not to go because I didn't want to over exert myself and then just be really sick when I have to go back to work and work like 11 hour days. So I I was really kind of worried about that. So I I sat it out and uh, I feel mostly fine now, which is kind of how sicknesses have gone for me recently. I don't know why that is. As long as like I just get lots of sleep. Like I just totally shut down and don't do anything. Like when I first start feeling bad, yeah, I usually don't really have any problems at all. Like I feel bad for a couple of days and then really start to get better day by day after that. Nice. And uh, I'm glad that that continued because I was really <coughs> kind of worried about it. And who knows if it would have, if, if, if I went and made the drive to Albuquerque. So, so that's it's just, it's so interesting that that's been your like recent experience with illness, because I feel like I've just been sick for like two and a half months. <laughs> yeah, I, I've noticed that. <laughs> so, I mean, no complaints here, but uh, the only times that I've gotten really sick, like lately, like honestly, since COVID started, mm-hmm. um, has been when I have like obligations that I have to continue to maintain when I'm feeling bad. Mm-hmm. So I think sleep is just the best medicine, <laughs> at least for me, that's how it's been. Yeah. Like as long, as long as I'm able to stop everything and just veg out, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Then it turns out okay. So hopefully that 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 keeps up. Yeah. Or at least I'm like able to continue to do that whenever I get sick. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so I'm back to it tomorrow, um, which is which will be a week since the last time I worked. So so hopefully I didn't forget everything I learned in that week. Um I'm sure you'll do fine. But uh, I'm a little worried for around mid-March things pick up and I'll be working five days a week. Mm. Um Throughout February, it'll pretty much be two or three, usually three, um, which I think is is pretty ideal. You're still working a lot, but it's not like I don't know. I shouldn't look too far ahead. We'll, we'll take it. We'll take it week by week, I suppose. Um, but yeah, so I'll be back to it tomorrow, and uh, I think that's that's pretty much the updates. You got to see some some good uh, family friends went and visited um, this weekend. And, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, that, that was pretty cool. And I think pretty that's cool. most of the most of the updates. Um, I do want to say right here, though, anyone listening, go vote for the Shiners. Yeah, <laughs> I'll put, please. I'll put the uh, the uh, link in the description uh, once again on this episode. But uh, it would mean a lot to us if you specifically you listening to this 
mm-hmm. <laughs> went and voted on our award show because I think it's it's more fun the more people get involved. So uh, uh, a, a personal appeal for this time around. <laughs> Um, and we'll see. Yeah. Please vote. It makes it so much more fun when people vote. Yeah. Because we still got a little bit of time, but um, yeah, the the voting is, is a little underwhelming so far, <laughs> which is okay, but it would mean a lot if you went in and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, just voted for whatever you felt like. You don't, don't feel the need to uh, check all the boxes or, or whatever. Yeah. Don't let me and Evan be the only people with a voice in these matters. Yeah. <laughs> it's a democracy. It's your chance to uh, <laughs> to uh, have your voice heard, I guess. <laughs> cool. All right. Shall we get into it? Yeah. All right. Before we get into the movie, it's time for a new segment that I'm... Uh, uh, <laughs> Have have started since the new year, where I pair a cocktail with uh, whatever movie we watch, and I decided instead of, um, you know, going for some safe options to pair, I, I decided to get out in the field and uh, come up with my own drinks <laughs> to make every time with stuff that I have in my house. Okay. Um. So hopefully, I'm going to try to buy more stuff to have kind of like a little bartender cart around here anyways. Uh, cool. Um, but uh, for this one, I made The Stranger Than Paradise, which I will now uh, give the recipe to. I love this. Okay. So it's going to be in a highball glass with ice, two okay. ounces of uh, dark rum, mm. one ounce of Kahlua. Yeah. A little bit of uh, club soda. I put too much this time. I'm realizing drinking it now. Um, so maybe just like two ounces of that as well. Maybe not even two ounces. Maybe an ounce and a half of that. Stir it all up. And then top with the cheapest beer you can find. <laughs> a, very, a very light beer. Uh, I think ideally PBR is a, is a great option. I did mm-hmm. not have any PBR right now. So I used Springs Light Lager from Colorado Springs' own Red Leg Brewery, which is just a little ad. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, that's the Stranger Than Paradise. I'm, I'm intrigued by that. I might have to make a Stranger Than Paradise myself. I'm a big Kahlua fan, and I always have PBR on hand. So I'm a really big PBR Excellent. fan. Excellent. Excellent. I've been drinking Springs Light Lager a lot recently because at the local liquor, local liquor store, they sell it in six packs of pints for $7. Which I think is quite good. Nice, yeah, not bad at all. Um, and you love to support a good local brewery. I love Red Lake. That's actually where we met up with the uh, family friends this week. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so I haven't gotten to the bottom of it yet because you float the beer and it the 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 liquors are pretty heavy. Um, it it does separate a little bit. So maybe I would for next time I would put a little less club soda um, and do a little soft stir. Uh, a short stir, I think, is the actual term that they use um, <laughs> before drinking. And uh, it's a fun one. It tastes a lot just like a rum and Coke, but uh, a little bit different. Nice. Ta-da. <laughs> I think it's worth a try. I think it's pretty good. It sounds pretty good. Um, but it's also like using a bunch of stuff that I really like because I really like this movie. <laughs> 
Yay. So let's get into it. <laughs> um, actually, maybe I should, I, I want to justify this a little bit more. So Kahlua is because um, I, our, our, the original plan was to kind of, there's three locations that this movie takes place in. And I wanted to uh, kind of pull a little bit from each one. So the original idea was a dark and stormy, mm-hmm. but then I didn't think ginger beer would go uh, with the other stuff. So I just replaced it with normal club soda. So that kind of gets rid of the Florida part. That was supposed to be the Florida, but uh, oh, well. Um, and then, so I guess that would be the rum, I guess. Rum equal Florida. And then some <laughs> Kahlua because there's lots of coffee in New York. I don't know why, but uh, this is probably just from... Um, a little bit inspired from reading the uh, year of rest and relaxation because she just goes oh. and gets coffee all the time. But I just very much associate coffee with New York. Uh, there are definitely a lot of like 24 hour diners in New York where people are just like drinking coffee at any hour of the day. There you go. So there's the Kahlua. I didn't want to do like an actual coffee uh, drink because mm-hmm. that's, I don't know, you can't do as much random stuff with it and then uh, a little bit of light beer on the top for the midwest which is the representative of ohio i say pbr um which is not from ohio but wisconsin but just kind of any cheap beer just feels right Mm -hmm. an american classic Mm -hmm. there there you have it a lot of thought went into this i'm kind of proud of it and you should uh, be it's not bad. I'm enjoying it. Okay, good. I really love just floating beer into cocktails because I really like beer. Me too. Ta-da. All right. <laughs> some trivia on Stranger Than Paradise. Well, maybe not trivia, but like background information. So Jim Jarmusch, uh, the director, he did his first feature film was his thesis film at NYU, I think. Oh. Um, but basically... I guess this isn't related to that, but one of his mentors, not explicitly related to it, but one of his mentors there was Nicholas Ray. Um, and he was helping Nicholas Ray work on something that also included Vim vendors. Um, and I don't know, I was a little confused by how exactly it lined up, but uh, anyways, the Vim vendors gave him the leftover film from whatever movie he was shooting at this point and said, knock yourself out, I guess. Well, just like kind of gave it to him. And then with that film, he shot the first section of this movie. This movie is kind of told in three parts. Um, and he exhibited that as a 30 minute short, took it to festivals and stuff. And uh, people liked it. So he went out and made the other two parts of this movie and turned it into a feature film. Nice. And it, oh. at Cannes, he won. <clears throat> I forgot what the actual award is called, but it's for like best uh, first feature, which I guess this technically isn't his first feature, but it won the prize for it. I don't know. It's the first thing that anyone saw. And uh, it was kind of a big deal when it came out. It uh, bring, bring a lot of attention to the American indie scene because it was more accessible than most of the stuff you'd see. A lot of uh, American indies up to this point, or for the most part, were either straight up avant-garde or a little bit more kind of out there and less like structured and accessible for like a general public. Um, so 
and I'll talk about this a little more later when when we get into it. But uh, this felt like a very uh, European kind of movie, but also like as far as like form and function, um, but also very distinctly American. So it was kind of a, a a little bit of a big deal in that way, in kind of bringing new ideas and sensibilities to kind of this American indie scene that uh, kind of set the tone for a lot of of uh, what followed. Cool. And uh, yeah, and it's and it's kind of pointed to a lot um, as like being a very big deal and like a like a um, I don't know exactly what the word is, but like a trendsetter, I guess. <laughs> and also, Akira Kurosawa said that it's one of his favorite movies. I just saw that on the Wikipedia page, and I don't know what source that is sourced from. <laughs> but so, with a grain of salt, one of Akira Kurosawa's favorite movies, which is very high praise. Wow. Huh. So interesting to me. What are some movies that you feel are like really heavily inspired by this one? Do you have any? Just the like- biggest one that comes to mind is Wes Anderson's Bottle Rocket. Interesting. Have you seen it? A long, long time ago. Okay. <laughs> that one similar, similarly, um, originally a short that was expanded into a feature length. Um, I didn't know that. Features kind of losers who have big plans Mm-hmm. that don't really amount to that that don't really quite like do much and the movie's kind of not about or kind of about not doing much mm-hmm. and uh just like the deadpan humor yeah but uh, a lot at, at a lot of certain points in this one i was reminded of bottle rocket i really need to watch bottle rocket again now because i did not make that connection at all but Mm. it's just been such a long time since i saw it now i'm so curious yeah because i believe you about this (laughs) (laughs) and i think their friend i don't know i have have a picture that i found on instagram of like jim jarmusch with joel cohen wes anderson and like noah bombach oh my gosh so they're at like some film film festival i don't know it's it's really interesting to me kind of how that kind of group there's there's moments of this that also reminded me of Fargo. Mm, um, yeah. I can and it's see kind that. of like, and, and I definitely see the influence just kind of generally on kind of the whole vibe of like American Indies in the nineties, even like mid budget Indies such as Fargo. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of like the style that, that uh, they presented, mm. but let's hear your overall thoughts on this one. I've been talking for too long. <laughs> And I need to have another sip of my Stranger Than Paradise over here. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I really believe in giving credit where credit is due. And I think it's so cool that this had such an impact. And it's just kind of like, I don't, I don't know, just like a low budget indie movie that then was able to ripple out so far. Like, I really think that's cool. And it's a cool experience to watch it through that lens, I guess. But I just didn't do that much for me personally, I guess. Like when I was watching it, I just didn't, didn't feel that much. Like didn't, I wasn't really all that moved. Mm. I kind of like the bleakness of, you know, this like classic idea of like everywhere you go, there you are, you know, you can't, can't get away from yourself. I love that. I love when people say that line and explore that concept because it's true. It'll always be true. It's a very relatable, um, and sometimes bleak, but also sometimes like empowering sentiment. And I like the duality of it that way, I guess. Yeah. So as a concept, I like this movie. 
but watching it, I was, I don't know. It just, there was a lot of long drawn out forgettable moments for me. Um, and by the end I was just kind of like, well, <laughs> I'm glad to have seen it, but I can't imagine it being a person's favorite movie. That's a little crazy to me. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause I was definitely thinking about when we were, I didn't remember what exactly we were talking about. I had to look through the episodes, but it was the yeah. Ernest Hemingway book. Oh, mm-hmm. um, when we had that conversation of like, you know, if you feel the same way wherever you go, it's probably. Yeah. <laughs> and this, uh, is, this does have such a similar tone too. And I got to thinking awesome. about it, and it's a very Hemingway ish yeah. kind of movie, like kind of vibe yes. the same thing. <laughs> very Hemingway. And, if you uh, love Hemingway, you'd probably love this movie. Yeah, I love this movie. Good. Um, I thought it was. Uh, so fun i thought it said so much about just like america and yeah kind of these characters well i think it i think what it did is it said so much about america through kind of these caricatured characters Mm -hmm. just slightly caricatured i guess um where it's like you don't really know anyone that's like well you don't know anyone who who are these characters Mm -hmm but you do know a lot of people that are kind of like them in certain ways. Very true. Yeah. And I thought that was super interesting. And I think that, um, I think for me, it reminded me a lot of like, um, French new wave type stuff, like cinema verite, but at the same time, like very distinctly American, mm-hmm. I think this, and I, and I think that the way he captures that is something, uh, I don't know, just just really kind of lightning in a bottle e. <laughs> um, and I've seen a lot of Jim Jarmusch's stuff, mm. um, so maybe I was kind of like primed for it in that way. But there's a, uh, especially um, there's kind of I guess it's like a little bit of an anthology film called Coffee and Cigarettes, which basically from the start of his career to the end of it, well, not to the end, he's still making movies, but uh, just kind of throughout. Um, his whole career, he would just film little shorts with whoever he was working with on whatever project just related to coffee and cigarettes Mm -hmm. and the vibe of that. And that one, you know, cohesively, it wasn't really, there wasn't anything that like happened from Mm -hmm. scene to scene, I guess it was just like little vignettes and moments. And some of them were a lot shorter than others and some were longer. Um, But it had a lot of the same vibes of this one. Um, and I just love how there really isn't much of a plot to this. It's just little moments. It's all, I think they're all one takes, um, of every scene and just the fade out into black or the cut to black. I think it's like a short fade every time it's like, right. (laughs) I don't know like how revolutionary or groundbreaking it is. Um, but I guess like trying to like place it chronologically for me, I think it's the earliest thing that I've seen that um, it's not quite a movie where nothing happens. It is that, but there has been other movies before it where like nothing really happens right. that I've really loved. Um, but I think this was different in that in each kind of scene, nothing also really happens. <laughs> There's no arc to the story at all, really. Right. But at the same time, the characters gradually change and things 
do kind of happen. Mm-hmm. And then you're kind of left watching it. You're like, huh, okay. Mm-hmm. It felt, I don't know. I really liked it. It felt uh, like uh, very um, vital. I don't know. Human. Yeah. Real. Even though <laughs> the characters aren't real. They're, they're not, they're very much characters. I don't know. Yeah. It was a weird balance that I really, really loved. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it just okay. But I do agree. I, I like a plotless movie and also book in general. Like I just like yeah. a good, like really authentic slice of life. And I do agree that this captures that really well and in a distinctly American way. There's like I, I don't know, features it features a lot of like quintessential 80s American artifacts i guess such as the tv dinner etc <laughs> and i like that i like kind of like the bleakness that shines through all of those types of things i thought it was i don't know portrayed in like a really recognizable way yeah also but i also I- like the whole i guess like um the like discussion about leaving your home country to come to America too. And how like the main character has that moment where his friend is like, I had no idea that you're like from Hungary. And he's like, I'm just as American as you. That that like handful of lines, like really captured, I think a, a like really powerful experience that a lot of non-native people have. Yeah. <laughs> I think that too. And then just like the way this ended, I thought was like very fitting for what it was. Like it wasn't, one of like the most memorable or craziest or like the f- ending where it's like the first thing you think about with the movie. Cause I have movies like that mm-hmm. where it's like, I'll think of it and like, I'll remember the ending first of all, but I thought the ending was really good with the flight. The, the, the only flight out of uh, to Europe was to Budapest because <laughs> <laughs> there's kind of that moment where it's like, it looks like she just wants to like, travel elsewhere in Europe. Yeah. And then he's just like, yep, only flies to Budapest. She's like, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> um, I liked it too. I like that it ends with her like getting on a flight and leaving the two of them. To me, that really captured what I was trying to say earlier with like sometimes this idea of everywhere you go, there you are, is kind of hopeless because it's like you can't outrun your problems. But in her case, and for a lot of people, that idea is really impactful empowering and really comforting because it's like no matter what situation i end up in at least there's me and i can count on me and i'm gonna figure it out you know and yeah. i think you see that side of it through her character specifically which i really enjoyed yeah i agree um i was gonna say it it take it took me a little bit time to get on like the wavelength but uh, there is a couple of moments that i was cracking up <laughs> in this movie <laughs> like I just like, love that kind of deadpan humor of just like stuff happens and then like no one reacts like ridiculous stuff and then no yeah. one reacts to it. The I cracked up when uh, the aunt just throws her cards down and says, "I am the winner." Yeah, that was really funny. And uh, and uh, also when they were watching the movie. I don't know why, but I was just cracking up that whole shot where they're just really? all sitting there. Yeah, that's so funny. That's one of the ones to me that made me be like, "I'm kind of over this." Oh, like yeah. that one just went on too long. It was so um, 
what's her face eating the pie in ghost story to me. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know. I disagree on that one. I thought he was so funny. Cause there's just that guy that like she works with, I guess that like kind of has a crush on her. Right. And he's just sitting on the far end with the, 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 the two guys just in between. It was a funny setup for sure. As he reaches the popcorn and then she doesn't really want it. And then, uh, what's his name? Eddie just grabs a big old handful. I don't know. That had me cracking up. <laughs> I thought, I, I think I liked the, uh, the second segment of this one the best. Me too. Um, cause I guess the third moment that specifically comes to mind is when they go into the hot dogs shop. Yeah. And then just like, <laughs> pull their hat down and like the jacket up so that she doesn't like no one like she doesn't see them at first yeah. i don't know why but just the way that they walk in because it's that static shot just there yeah and you see them go in all secretive and just like sit i don't know something about it just it was funny made me laugh so much but uh <laughs> but uh i just thought that um the the relationships between the characters were, were uh so fun i don't know mm. even though like they're just it's like kind of sad when you think about it but just yeah. the way it was portrayed in the movie i think just i don't know for some reason it really worked for me mm. it didn't it really did not work for me yeah. i think it actually worked against the movie for me i did not like the relationship between the two cousins because it it just bummed me out he's so mean to her mm. but also like follows her around basically like is like somewhere in his heart he's like i really like her mm. i want to go be wherever she is and then he's just an asshole to her which like i understand is you know his kind of personal failings that he also recognizes and is working on but yeah. man it was annoying to watch oh, yeah. to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know. I thought it was, I don't know. I thought it was well done. And it, this might just be because um, I watched a similar movie recently by Wong Kar Wai. I think it was uh, As Tears Go By. It was a, a similar thing where the the uh, girl cousin visits yeah. and they end up falling in love in that movie. And it felt really weird to <laughs> me. I was kind of worried that that was going to happen in this one. And I'm glad that it did not. Mm. I never thought that like it would be mutual but it felt to me for a minute like he had feelings for her and was like jealous of her little boyfriend guy mm. and i was like Bruh. there was as tears go by i was right all along oh nice but uh, <laughs> yeah no i think well i thought that um that relationship was kind of just like it seems that ever since he came to America, he just doesn't really do anything, doesn't interact with the world kind of at all. Yeah. And is like, try to remove himself from his culture as much as he can. Yeah, that's definitely true. And I just, I thought that, um, I don't know, I, I kind of like the dynamic of like him just like not knowing what to do because he comes mm -hmm. to the realization that he wants to be like the cool kind of older cousin right at some point like, you know in, in the first section at some point you know and uh, the fact that he can't because he is not like well adjusted at all mm -hmm. and the way that kind of plays out across the rest of it right i thought that i i was a big fan of, of that kind of dynamic. i like that like kind of when she visits she very like subtly is able to open his eyes to kind of just like the emptiness of 
of the life that he's created and also just like American culture, you know, mm-hmm. like a football mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and TV dinners and stuff. She's kind of like, this is stupid. And that's not real meat that you're eating. Yeah. And it's so like, uh, I, I don't know. Like he just is shaken by it, you know, in a way that like, I think is starting to bring value back to his life and like perspective on things and i think that's why he has to go find her again and i did really like that aspect of it Mm. but like watching their interactions just bugged me yeah (laughs) i guess that's fair i see that side but uh, i kind of feel the opposite just because i really like just the way that like how how it structurally structurally presented itself And how much, like, I was able to understand about the characters and, like, the situation. I want to say, I don't know whether to say through that or despite that, because I think it's hard to know, really. It's like, how much of this is, like, and it does feel very intentional, like, how much you get Mm -hmm. out of it Mm -hmm. versus, like, how kind of sparsely the information is presented. Um. And I think I just really like that that kind of like reading between the lines um, way of, of, of telling the information, getting the information across. Yeah. Um, that was like a fun exercise that I think was like not only a fun exercise, but actually like executed really well to the point where watching it, it wasn't like, I just appreciate this, but don't like it. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah, big fan of this one. I see the uh, Vim Vendor's influence also. He's he did um um uh, one that you saw and really liked, Wings of Desire. Oh my god, I love Wings of Desire. Yeah, he was. Wow. I don't know. He wasn't as much of like his direct mentor as Nicholas Ray was because Nicholas Ray was uh, a professor at NYU. Yeah. Um, but uh, Jim Jarmusch was definitely friends with the... Oh, that's cool. That's so funny because this movie's really bleak and Wings of Desire is so warm and hopeful. (laughs) That's fair. Some of Vim other movies, though, are... I watched one of his early career works, I think in December, so I didn't talk about it, but it was uh, The Goalie's Anxiety at the Penalty Kick or something along those lines. And uh, it was kind of had a similar vibe to this one as far as like theme but it was set in germany and not america Mm. oh i guess that's another point i have about this one is that the the uh location shooting i thought really worked i don't know (laughs) like (laughs) it really makes you feel like you're in america that's true definitely agree with that which i think i think that's something that i definitely appreciate about this one is that uh, it's kind of like lots of european sensibilities like whether it's the kind of direct vim vendors influence from like knowing him or i just saw like a kind of a lot of lines to some of like the cinema verite stuff from france Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of like retooling that to tell an american story and uh, i really appreciated that nice I do. I do have a joke that's kind of similar to that. It's a pretty okay. bad joke, but I would love to hear it. But uh, so, if you're an if you're American before you go to the bathroom, and American when you come out of the bathroom, what are you when you're in the bathroom? What European 
<laughs> it's pretty good. Ta-da. Ta-da. This movie is so like, uh, how to put it? It's cool and uncool at the same time. Does that make sense to you <laughs> at all? Or did you just think it was uncool? Um, No, I understand how it's both cool and uncool. Like, <laughs> <this game. laughs> they play, um, I put a spell on you a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. Boombox. That was cool every time. My favorite quote from this movie is, uh, it's screaming Jay Hawkins and he's a wild man. So bug off. <laughs> I know. I loved that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. It just because um, you got to admit, Willie and Eddie are objectively losers. Yes. But at the same time, there's something so like cool and stylish about this movie. I loved the shot slash scene where they put on the sunglasses when they get to Florida. Yeah. Something about that is just, I don't know, so fun. <laughs> Um, this also might be the first uh, instance of Jim Jarmusch casting musicians as actors, which we would he which he would continue to do excessively, maybe not excessively, but uh, uh, <laughs> regularly, frequently, yeah. But uh, John Lurie, our Mister Willie, is a jazz musician, and uh, Eddie was in the Sonic Youth. Nice. His name is uh, Richard Edson. Tom Waits is in a, a whole bunch of Jim Jarmusch movies to the point where I kind of associate them together. Mm. And, uh, as well as members of the Wu-Tang Clan and uh, various others, the White Stripes. Nice. I don't know. I just think it's Jim Jarmusch has got to be like the coolest guy. Because he always has like the coolest people in his movies all the time. It just, mm-hmm. I don't know. You want to be friends with him, I guess. <laughs> I do kind of want to be friends with him. He just seems so cool. But I don't know. There's just something about this deadpan, offbeat style about this that uh, I can't help but love. And um, <laughs> it's definitely the most kind of um, empty is not the word I'm looking for, but kind of just sparse in its whole presentation of anything that I've seen by Jim Jarmusch, but Mm -hmm. his trademarks definitely carry through. And uh, I love just the, the, the sense of humor right up my alley. Nice. And I'm uh, glad, I'm really glad that it did so much for you. And I think that it could for, for many. And I definitely see a lot of like this kind of same style through Wes Anderson and the Coen brothers kind of specific oh, interesting because i love wes anderson and the going brothers yeah. but i think it's just for me that their movies feel so much more lively and i like that better you know i just do personal well, there's there's definitely like other jim jarmusch movies where uh i guess more stuff happens <laughs> but uh it, it it kind of never loses this like little bit of um low budget aesthetic i guess would be mm-hmm. how i'd put it mm-hmm. um even though some of his stuff is like very beautifully and i i would say that this is like a very well shot movie yeah uh, I at agree. the same time um but the, i i'm trying to remember the context which i mentioned <laughs> it oh it was um when i in a wrap-up episode when i was talking about um what's it called that awful one with uh natalie portman Leon the Professional. You hate that movie? Yeah, I really didn't like it. 
Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And I, and in that kind of review of it, I said just watch Ghost Dog: Way of the Samurai instead, <laughs> which is a Jim Jarmusch movie. Oh, okay, cool. Definitely lower like production value and stuff, but a so much better of a movie. I gotta huh. say, good to know. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Just something about like this kind of deadpan sense of humor and the way that. Um, the joke is oftentimes just the way a shot is set up, I think is the case with all three of them, Jarmish, the Coens, and Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. It's just like you'll either fade in or cut to like a, a, like a staging, a blocking, and you just have to laugh at mm-hmm. whatever's on the screen like before mm-hmm. like anything really happens. I think that's a trademark that is consistent in all three of them that I really love. And I mm-hmm. love when, because I, I think a lot of movies don't go for that. Uh, these days and, yeah uh, yeah so yeah i guess i don't know that, that's like mostly what i had to say about this one nice me too yeah do you have a rating for it well initially i was gonna rate it only seven out of ten but now i feel <laughs> weird about it <laughs> don't feel weird about it oh, I think I that's know. completely fair okay that's kind it's of what i was guessing seven out of ten nice I think this one for me is going to be a nine out of 10. I really nice. like that. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I would definitely like to check out some more of his stuff. Hmm. I think my favorite right now is dead man, which is a uh, kind of a Western starring Johnny Depp. Oh, cool. It's an acid Western. I guess they, they would say that appeals to me, but uh, that one I adore. And I think that one that that one was the one that specifically came to mind when I was thinking. Still, a pretty low budget aesthetic, but uh, some of like the most beautiful cinematography, in my mm. opinion. Um, yeah, big big Jim Jarmusch fan, but I'm glad we watched this one because it, it, it's kind of like a starting point to to where he would go on from there. Cool. I'm glad it's the first one that I've seen. Then, yeah. Cool. Book club for next week. Yeah. All quiet on the Western front. Yeah. Do it. I've been reading, like doing like one chapter a day and there were Mm. two really long chapters back to back. And now it's all short chapters for the rest of the way. So it's smooth sailing. (laughs) I just bought mine from the used bookstore for only three bucks. That was awesome. I got mine for free. What? How did you do that? It's on the, I got it on the Amazon Kindle and it was only 99 cents <laughs> and I had, I had Kindle credit. So <laughs> I paid nothing. Congratulations. Because on um, something that I bought on Amazon, you could select an option for Amazon day shipping, mm-hmm. which actually was like the same day as normal shipping would have been. But I selected that one and got $3 in Kindle credit. So, Very nice. so ha. <laughs> I don't know who I'm saying ha to. In that you bested me yet again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it's also like not a physical copy. So I know when we take our cover picture, you're going to have to hold up your Kindle. Do you think about that? I just won't hold up anything. It's really hard <laughs> to hold up anything anyways. So. If anything, this is an absolute win. <laughs> um, cool. So, yeah. That'll be next week, and then we'll see where we go from there when the time comes. Nice. Uh, yeah. 
which means that all there's left to do for this week is to recommend an album. Do you have an album to recommend? By I'm going to recommend... Huh? By any Wait. chance? Oh, yes. Cool. By chance, I happen to have it. I'm going to recommend the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. It, it just goes so hard. Last night, I got to see Pulp Fiction in the movie theater, which I've never seen it in the theater before. And it's also been a good couple of years since the last time I watched it. And I really just kind of forgot about how much fun the soundtrack to this movie is. It oh, is yeah. maybe the funnest soundtrack ever. I don't know. <laughs> and it wasn't that long ago. It was just a few weeks ago that I recommended, I think, the Oh Brother, Where Art Thou soundtrack, yeah. which I bumped to second place of my favorite movie soundtracks. Wow. We order to put Pulp Fiction in number one because it was, it was just seriously so good. It complements the movie so perfectly, but also yeah. it's just like really fun to listen to. I listened to it while I walked around campus today all day long and I was having a blast. <laughs> nice. <laughs> there was actually a point I was going to make that I just remembered now because it was about Pulp Fiction. But uh, the last time I watched it, I remember having the distinct thought of like, Imagine just being, just going to the movie and the movie, not knowing what to see, just buying a ticket for, for this Pulp Fiction thing. Yeah. And then just like watching that in the theaters, like not knowing That's anything so about funny. it and like how crazy that would have been. I literally had the same thought last night in the movie. Yeah. Like, like I'm like, I can't believe people got to experience this like blind, like yeah. got to go into it knowing nothing. That is a luxury nobody in modern life has. And it would have just been so thrilling. But it's thrilling, nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I felt not like to that level, but I, I, I kind of had a similar thought to this one, just like looking uh, to Stranger Than Paradise, just like looking at kind of the reaction as, as far as how it like shaped the, the indie, American mm -hmm. indie scene. Just like mm -hmm. imagine being a can or a critic at can and uh, just watching this and being like, oh, huh. <laughs> it just feels like very fresh and like completely new. Yeah. Um, Cause I think it, it, it's a, a, a weird balance where it's like very European sensibilities, but at the same time, like very, very American. Yeah. Um, Agreed. But yeah, there was uh there's another movie that I, that had that same thought of just like, Imagine just going into the theaters, just yeah. picking out whatever to watch and then <laughs> yeah. seeing. But uh, my album this time is a new release by a band called Young Fathers, one of my favorites called Heavy Heavy. Uh, I think they're from like Scotland or something, but uh, they're so fun. They have hard to explain a little bit of hip hop, a little bit of uh, electronic, I guess. I don't know how to explain it, but uh, <laughs> everyone should go listen to Young Fathers. And so far, this new album is pretty great. Yes. Um, I haven't really listened to it enough yet, but uh, I'm a big fan. They, they, they've they kept up the good work. It's been a while since their last mm -hmm. album. Nice. And, uh, they've kept up the good work. So <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's also a, a wild album cover. And you have to look it up to find out, I guess. So I can't wait to look if, it up. If that, if that piques your interest, go check out this album. But a good album cover goes a long way. It really does. Uh, cool. All right. So I think that's all we have for this week. 
Uh, thanks for listening, one and all. Go uh, check out Stranger Than Paradise on HBO Max or the Criterion Channel. Yeah. At least in the States, that's where it's available. And uh, make yourself a Stranger Than Paradise to drink while you watch. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of oddly a little proud of this drink. It's very much just something that I will make for myself because it's stuff that I like. Yeah. But it, in some ways, it kind of fits the movie, too. I'm rolling with it. Yes. Um, and uh, go vote for The Shiners if mm-hmm. you haven't done so. Please. Um, it would mean a lot to us. And uh, do great things this week. Yeah. We believe in you. We do. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Mm, bye now. <laughs>